Welcome everyone to another episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. You can follow me at Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me always, I got some guests. First of all, we got from Five Reasons Sports and probably you could say a well-known author as well, Mr. Brian Young. Say what's up to the people, Brian. What's up? Trying to be a well-known author. Not there yet, but y'all can follow me at, at Brian is the king. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then following him, we got Miami Clutch PE. Say what's up to the people, Clutch. What's up, guys? Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Hit me up. Follow. Follow right back. And then following him, we got our female correspondent, Angelina Martell. Say what's up to the people, Angelina. Yo, what's going on here for Star Wars? It's Angelina Martell. You can follow me at Twitter, at Angie Martell with two E's. All the latest Miami Heat updates, you got me on there. Alright, so last time, in the last episode, it feel like everything was just at a confusing point for Miami. As you guys know, Miami was on a losing streak. It would, this included losing frustrating games, like one against an injured Clippers team, and then following that up, losing to a Warriors team who they led by 14, who led as much as 14 at one point. But that's aside the point case of what today's episode is about. And the reason why is because Miami is on a three-game winning streak. Last night, they went to OKC and finished the road trip 4-3. and three. And you could see the Heat came back from a 3-1 deficit because they started it off winning only one and losing the other three. But then they managed to win the next three to finish the series four games to three. So without further ado, let's talk about it. How do you guys feel about this road trip overall? I'll go first. I feel like with this road trip, if I feel like it was able to bring the team closer together, similar like to the energy that was in the bubble, because really, when you're away for so long, you don't have anyone else but your team and the people around you to help bring you up and motivate you. So I feel like with this road trip, the, the team was really able to reconnect and like help motivate each other, help fight, help succeed, all that stuff. So I feel like that was part of the reason we were able to come back from those devastating losses and then persevere and go on a three-game winning streak, beat the Lakers. I know we're all pumped and hyped about that. I personally still am. I still can't get over the fact, you know, it's like considering we lost to an injured Clippers team and the Warriors going on a 26 scoring run and then beating us in overtime, you know, that's just like beyond beyond me how we were able to come off with that win. But Anything's possible, really. So I'm just glad that we were able to end this road trip over 500. And yeah, I really feel like, like I said, that with this road trip, we were able to reconnect with each other and just help each other grow from there. And that's that's a key point to our success, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what winning feels like. It feels nice. You got three in a row. Um, The Kings game was just fun all around, right? Because we got triple-doubles to go around. We got Bam. We got Jimmy. It was a nice little game. Then after that, we had we had the Lakers. I mean, all I had to see was Bam become LeBron's father, and that's it. I was happy <laughs> about that. We got the win. Moved on. Then the OKC Thunder game, man. I was having a heart attack throughout the first two quarters. 
and even going into the third. And man, we we just we just showed that we can switch the game around like really quick on them. Um, I mean, we were we looked like a team that was playing on the last game of the road trip because we were beat. We were tired. Jimmy Butler was not there offensively, and I do not blame him because he had to do basically everything for the team during this road trip, so I do not blame him whatsoever. But we put it back together. Um, I, I want to declare it, but I'm going to hold off a little bit on Duncan Robinson being back, but he had a really, 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 really solid fourth quarter. It looks like he listened to my comments on the last pod. <laughs> Thank you very much, Duncan. Um, but we played really well. Um we were four and three in the road trip. To be honest, if we really want to get into it, we could have easily been six and one in the road trip. But that's not a nitpick here. We're heading into the right direction. We're going back home, and we got the Raptors next. So I, I think it was a pretty good road trip overall. Hey man, at least we went over five hundred. Period. We could have gone freaking two and five for all I know. Yeah, you but can't nitpick. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with four and complain. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I, f- I feel like they beat the teams that they should have beat. Um, I mean, four and three for where this team is at is pretty good. It's like, all right, you know. But, I mean, if you just go back over the games, you know, like even that Laker, like assuming that, I don't know, I know that you can't do this, but assuming health, you know, they probably would have lost to the Clippers anyway if Kawhi and Paul George were there. They probably would have lost to the Warriors if uh, – Draymond and, and Wiseman were playing anyway. So those games are kind of scratches. Um, the Lakers, they probably would have lost if AD and Schroeder were there. So it's kind of like, you know, all the other teams they should have beat. So it's hard to feel super happy about it because, you know, I, I expect them to beat the Kings. I expect them to beat the Rockets and the Knicks, you know. Um, but I'll take it and the Thunder. You know, I expect them to beat the Thunder as well. Um but I'll take it. It's positive momentum going forward for a team that's trying to fight back in the playoffs. I just don't know how much good I can take from them doing what they were supposed to do outside of the Lakers game, which again, which I think was more injury related than anything. But that was kind of the only win that I think, you know, was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, one huge, you know, upside throughout this whole road trip was that we actually managed to finish four and three, you know? I didn't know if we would do that after those first three losses we got, but we did it. And I think that's something huge to take from it. Now, does this team still need a shakeup though? Yes, it does. You know, okay, that's great. We beat the Lakers. It's great we beat these other teams, but don't let this change the fact that, you know, moving forward, there's still some issues with this roster that we need to address later on. So that's one important takeaway from this seven-game road trip. And, you know, moving forward, um, one thing that I feel like we should hit on while we're here is, you know, I know before we move forward, speaking of a new, what's wrong with speaking of a shakeup, it seems that something interesting happened today with the news of um what was it the news that Miami would now get their disabled player exception with Myers Leonard's injury and i think we all know the certain player i'm thinking about but um yeah who do you guys think we should use this 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 
this disabled player exception on. I mean, it's open and shut. It's DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> let's let's just get that out of the way right now. There's nobody else out in the free agent market that we can use that money on other than DeMarcus Cousins. He, people say that Spolstra probably wouldn't be keen to the idea because he doesn't like centers like playing together like Bam and Cousins. I think we underrate the amount of open looks that Cousins might get on the three-point line, and that might actually boost his three-point rating that's kind of low, low-ish. So I, I'm not scared about that. I don't think Spolsha should be either. Last we heard out of uh, five reasons, I think, is that we are interested in Boogie, as we should. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a no-brainer. It's $4.7 million that Either we either use or we lose, so it doesn't matter. So I'm okay with it. Let's get Boogie. Let's see what happens. Worst case scenario, what? We're the same team we are now. That's right. the worst case scenario, right? Because we would probably have to open up a roster spot. That's easy. Chris Silva, go home. We love you, but you just can't stay here. Um, that's it. Like We don't lose anything from this, and we have the world to gain, so I'm I'm good with it. Well, Clutch, I can see what you mean by Spo being hesitant, whether like having two centers on the court with Bam and Cousins. But then again, Bam can also play forward, so he plays center when we need when we need him to. So, if anything, he could play forward because he's able to play both, and then Cousins could play center or whatever the case may be. But I can see your concern with Bam and Cousin being on the court at the same time. But then again, he's versatile. Bam's a versatile player. I mean, so is Cousins. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that of the players available, DeMarcus makes the most sense. I I don't know. I, I, I would might rather them hold on to it and wait for the buyout market. You know, if you can get like a Trevor Ariza, that probably is a better fit. Um, I think the question with DeMarcus is like, what are we realistically expecting him to do? Because he didn't want to be – I mean, there's a report from uh, Tim McMahon, I believe, and apparently DeMarcus was unhappy as a backup behind Christian Wood. So does that mean that DeMarcus is coming to Miami to start? Like, is he going to play 25 to 30 minutes a night? And if so, what does that mean for Precious? Is he, Are you going to take minutes away from him to play DeMarcus? Is Kelly Olenek going to just not play anymore? And it's kind of like, yes. you know, is, is it is it realistic that Spo is just going to decide to not play either one of them? for DeMarcus when, you know, he's not having a great season offensively right now. And, you know, like defensively, he's toast. You know, he's just, he's just kind of done. Like he was never a good defender to begin with. And now he's, he's a guy that can easily be picked on in the playoffs. Um, so is Kelly Olenek. No, I, absolutely. But I mean, I don't, I, I don't even know if DeMarcus is more mobile on that end than Kelly at this point. Like, he is... That man moves slow. And I, I just don't know if Spo is going to feel comfortable playing Bam and DeMarcus or Precious and DeMarcus big minutes. I mean, I guess it's like... I guess you do it if there's if there's nothing else out there. But I just don't know how much he's actually going to change anything. What if you play DeMarcus in a first half of the season Myers-Leonard type of role? He doesn't have to play big minutes, just start him. See how well he does. If he plays good, you keep playing him during the game. If he doesn't, 
not a lot of minutes, but he gets a starting nod, which is the way he wants. Big minutes, I don't know, but it's still something. Is that preferable for DeMarcus and just going to the Lakers and starting and potentially winning I a heard, championship, though? Last I heard, there was, a, there was a report that the Lakers are not going to pursue DeMarcus Cousins. Really? Uh, I saw yeah. it. I'm going to look up the tweet while we talk, but yeah, that's oh, the last yeah. Lakers are expected to pursue DeMarcus. Mm-hmm. What about see? But then I'm also thinking like the Nets, the I don't know, right. Celtics, any any other better team, the what Clippers. What more do the Nets need? They have Harden, Irving, and I mean, more and people need? people say it doesn't matter, but Boogie's tone when talking about James Harden to me speaks volumes. And if I, mean, I don't think I think he's done with the ring chasing thing. I. Uh, he at this stage of his career, he probably wants to get some meaningful role on any team just to prove that he can still ball. So. But then, but then uh, that kind of brings up the question: like, if he's looking for a role to like show people that he's worthy of a contract or you know whatever, then wouldn't he want to go to a team where he can play big minutes and not go to the Heat where he's going to you know like spot start and then maybe not get to show his full game? I mean, first we got to look at what the possible options for Boogie are, because I don't think there's a lot. Maybe the Mavericks? I would, yeah. I'd probably say, like, I guess if not the Lakers, the Clippers are another spot. I don't think the Bucks would want him. I don't know. I mean, um, the Raptors, maybe? Aren't they looking for the some Raptors. Play? Yeah, that could, be a, that could be a potential spot. That might be a good place for him to go. Yeah, so, I mean... I just think he's going to end up in Miami just because the interest has been mutual always. Like, every time he's been brought up, he just never ends up here. I'll go out on the limb, and just like everybody says, is um, DeMarcus probably would have been a Miami Heat player if it wasn't for Anthony Davis and LeBron making a late, late push to get him to the Lakers. So I think it's just one of those things that always – it's flirting, and it's flirting, it's flirting, and it's eventually going to happen, and I, I think now is the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to hurt if they do it. You know, he's, at the very least, he's an upgrade over Chris Silva. Like, there's no right. denying that. It's you a low-risk, high-reward move. Yeah, a very yeah. Very low-risk, almost zero-risk, if we're talking, being honest. Right. You know, man, my question still goes back to, like, what does DeMarcus want, and can are the Miami Heat realistically going to give that to him? And I don't know. I mean, you would think they will probably talk it out, right? Like, just, you know, be like, okay, like, what do you, what's your, I feel like he probably looked to Miami and be like, okay, like, if I come here, exactly how is it going to work? And they probably have a overview of that, correct? Right. Here, uh, yeah. the, you would think that uh, he's a free agent, right? So he can talk to the team before signing. Right. Yeah. He's going to talk to, he's going to talk to Pat Riley. Pat Riley's probably going to bring Eric Spolster into this meeting because obviously Boogie's going to know what his role is. So the only man in this and that building that can answer that question is Eric Spolster. So it's just I, I think they get it done. If there's in, if there's reported interest, I don't think there would be reported interest without Eric Spolster's approval. So I just think I think I I can't see it not happening at this point just because of all of the. All like I try to say, all the uh, the past incidents 
that Boogie has had with Miami and and Jimmy's good comments about DeMarcus that people have been seeming, seemingly posting about for the last 12 hours about Jimmy saying he loves DeMarcus. DeMarcus is awesome. So I'm pretty sure if two of the three of Jimmy, Pat, or Spo want him, he's going to be a Miami Heat player. Yeah, no, it's very possible. I just like I, said, I just don't know how much it's going to change anything. Like I think that the issues of this team go way beyond Demarcus Cousins. All right, yeah, we've we've something we've seen from this road trip is defense isn't that big of a deal. And if you're seeing how bad we are on offense, and we are god awful when Jimmy's not on the court, even with Bam, Bam helps patch up a little bit. But we are just a god awful offensive team, and, yeah. and I guess that pretty much shows you how much we really, really, really miss Goran Dragic. He's he's thirty five years old and all, but you can't tell me we probably win the Warriors game with Goran Dragic. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if Draymond is back. Like, if if both teams are healthy, I'd probably give it to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Right. And then yeah. another thing, you know, and the thing about Boogie that I want to bring up, and it's like, I'm personally high on the culture. You know, we look at the Heat in the past and how they've sort of had this thing for revitalizing lackluster careers of players. I mean, why can't Boogie be one of those cases, perhaps? Like, I know that's kind of like a high thing to think about, but, you know, that could be a possibility. I don't want to limit that out. You know, I understand, like, injuries have basically taken over his career. But, you know, I can't see why, you know, perhaps a culture boost could potentially make him a valuable role player moving forward. Like, is he going to be an all-star just as a result of coming to Miami? I'm not going to say that. You know, I, I won't factor it out because I'm a big optimistic person for stuff like that but yeah do I see it happening to be honest not really but if you're to ask me like I think he could really turn himself around in Miami as a result of the culture that's built here and like I said could potentially end up becoming a valuable role player moving forward I don't know if you guys feel the same way right uh heat culture is a very real thing Uh, I know people in the media like to call it, just make fun of the culture word and all that. But we've seen it with Jimmy. We've seen it with these guys that came in and bought in that heat culture is a very, very real thing. And the buying in part, I don't think is going to be hard for Boogie because of his relationship with Jimmy. Jimmy probably has told him all of these things. So it comes to the point of him actually signing on the dotted line. He knows he's there to work. And to be honest, if, if Boogie can't turn his career around with the Heat, I don't think he can turn it around anywhere else. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he was good with the Warriors, and the Warriors also have a really good culture. I mean, he averaged 16, uh, 8, and 3, and 3.6 assists. I, I shot almost 50% from the field. So, you know, I, I think that in Miami, he might – be better than what he was in Houston. I, I do think that there are physical limitations that I, I don't think culture can fix. You know, like culture can't change physics. Right. And 
the fact that he's like a seven foot dude with an ACL history. What what did he have? He had an ACL and an Achilles. Yeah, injury. Yeah, so, I mean the Pelicans. Yeah, so I mean that's you know culture can't fix that, but mm-hmm. you know hopefully he can at least be used in a role to kind of maximize what he is now. Right. Right. I've always said when Spolstra and the team in general bring in people, especially veterans, Spolstra has this talent for veterans, not for younger guys, to bring the best out of that veteran. So I think it could work. Spolstra is good at that. He maximizes Jimmy's talents. We've seen that. Jimmy Jimmy's playing his best basketball in his career in the Miami Heat uniform. So I don't I, I think he can as long as uh, the the person buys in, I think Spolstra can do a lot of good things for that player in, in his offense and defense. So I, I think I don't know, it'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Spolstra also good at doing like if a player like say Goran Dragic in this case, like when he comes back from his injury, I don't think Spo is gonna want to play him right away just because of the fact that one game he was injured and then he came back the next game and got injured again. And so I feel like Spo is really gonna look at this and be like, hey. You know, this could happen again. And so he's got to make sure it's okay with both Goran and, like, Goran's okay with him, like, not basically just not playing him for a little bit if that's the scenario because of his injuries. But I feel like what Spo does that's great is that he, it's not just what he wants, it's also what the players want. And he wants what's best for the team and the players and also for, like, himself. So I feel like he's great. At doing that, just like. also, I want to add in that his off court that Boogie's off court problems won't be an issue because Jimmy's gonna get that right because they're so close. That I'm pretty sure Jimmy gonna gonna say if there's a problem, he's gonna he's gonna call him out on it. So I don't think when people say his off court stuff could be an issue, yeah, I don't think that's the case just because of his relationships that he already has. Right. Yeah, I agree. You know, just trust the front office. You know, I feel like. If you're going to go out and get DeMarcus Cousins, you're going to have a huge plan set up for him, right? So, you know, if Miami goes out and they pursue DeMarcus Cousins and they actually get him, you know, we'll see what they do. Because they clearly have something in mind of what he could do for this team if they're that interested in him, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyways, but yeah, moving on. I want to talk about another thing because this was revealed earlier tonight and I know this is something a lot of you guys might be heated about. Um, yeah, uh, Do that, we have to? Yeah, we have to. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everyone wants to hear us talk about this. Uh, sure. The NBA announced the All-Star Reserves and if you're a Heat fan, you noticed that two specific players weren't on that, weren't announced. Now, one player specifically, it's like, yeah, we didn't know. Well, we probably thought they weren't going to be on there anyways because of, you know, the fact that he's been injured and has been dealing with COVID. And obviously, I know I'm referring to Jimmy. And then you have another player in BAM who I felt like we was a lock to make it. But something happened there. I mean, what's your guys take on this thing? All I have to say is that if they play Jason Tatum, that's straight up BS because people are going to be like, oh, well, Jimmy missed so many games. Okay, so did Jason Tatum. 
and they're still playing him, so there's no excuse for them not to play Jimmy and then for, for them to play Jason Tatum. So that's that's what I have to say. So if they end up playing Jason Tatum, I will personally be suing. No, I'm just kidding. But I will be very mad. So. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, yeah, so the thing is, like, Bam and Jimmy are all-strike caliber players. Absolutely. But... I mean, we have to look at their records. Like, that's what the coaches are going to go off of, right? They're going to probably – I mean, Vuce, I think, is the only all-star that was selected from the East, at least, who isn't on a playoff team. But his numbers are better than, you know, Bams and Jimmy's. He's, the guy's averaging 24, 11, 3.6 assists, shooting 40% from three on six attempts. Like, you know, that – it's just kind of hard to deny that guy. If the Heat were in the top eight, I think they would have an all-star, but they're not. And it's just kind of like, what do you do about that? You know? We can't do anything. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Can't I mean, them. if you look I at mean, the list of the, the Eastern all-stars that made it, the one, you you understand it because of the team's record. If you look at Ben Simmons' numbers and Bam's numbers, I could make a case for Bam, but... The, the tiebreaker, right? Team record. They're the best team in the East, so of course they're going to get their second All-Star in. But Bam, the most surprising thing I had is that Bam didn't make it, but also I would think if Bam wasn't going to make it, Sabonis was going to make it. He didn't make it either. I know. Yeah, Sabonis, so, is a, he's a real snub. Right, so I think Bam and Sabonis were snubs because at least one of them, if not Bam, screw it, put Sabonis in. He deserves it. Both of them were big snubs. Um, Julius Randle, he, I mean, the things he's doing with New York, even though like it seems, eh, they're they're way better than expected, but still, uh, I get he deserves it because he hasn't been putting up numbers ever like that. So, so that's cool. Um, Vucevic is a W in my opinion. I really like Vucevic as a player, but at the end of the day. Just because we know they're a bad team, so maybe I would have been hesitant on it for for a Bam or a Sabonis. But yeah, I, it's it's just weird to me how it's not really weird to be honest. It's just like it's strange in the way that how they do the All Star thing. That it's not really by individual performance. Also, how team record is very much a factor in it. So yeah. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, Bam, Jimmy, and Sabonis, those weren't, like, the only big snubs for this All-Star game. Like, look at Devin Booker. I mean, not only has he had a great year this year, but he's on a, what's the, Phoenix Suns team that's playing very good. And fourth he in the couldn't... East or fourth in the West. Exactly. Like, and he couldn't get a spot on the All-Star team? Like, that one right, could, shocked me big time. Snubbed, I think. Mm-hmm. But Brian, I'm just going to add on to what you said about how if we were like ranked higher, then we would have had a better all-star pick or a more likely chance. I mean, look at Bradley Beal. He plays for the Wizards. But then again, Bradley Beal averages 35 a game. And but that was also a fan vote and media. Oh, that wasn't? It was It was a combination because the, the starters go 50% fans, 25% coaches, and 25% media. Huh. But either way, and he's still the leading scorer in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I just wanted to add that. 
because mm. it, it was relevant. But yeah, I mean, I feel like if you know, if it were flipped, like if if the Heat were in the playoffs, right, and some guy from a team that wasn't made the All Star game over our guys, we'd all be mad, right? We'd all be like, "Well, what the hell? Our guys are, you know, winning and they're putting up numbers, so therefore we should get an All Star." And so, unfortunately, we're on the other end of that, where the team isn't winning and they didn't get an All Star, and you know, that's just kind of, just kind of what's fair. So, hopefully, next year it's different. You know, I don't think any of us expected the season to, to go the way that it has, but I think under normal circumstances, you know, Jimmy and Bam are absolutely All Star caliber players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a Mickey Mouse All Star game. We don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> They're NBA All Stars in our hearts. That's all that matters. Yeah, we could use the rest. Exactly. And also, if, if uh, one of the guys is out, I believe Jimmy Butler would get in because typically uh, Silver just goes with whoever's next on the fan vote, and I think that's Jimmy. Could be wrong, but yeah. But on the East, everybody's healthy. You would think on the West, it's it's uh, AD that's definitely going to be a replacement. Wait, AD got in, right? Yeah, yeah. For the West, they're going to pick a replacement. But like, if like, let's say Julius Randle gets COVID or something. Oh, hope right. he yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, then Jimmy, I think, would get in. So that that's good, at least. And right after Jimmy, it's Bam, right? Like, yeah, in, right in after Jimmy, it's Bam. Yeah. I mean, you I know, mean, use this. Use being snubbed as energy to just move forward, you know. And harder next time. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what we saw last year. Like whenever someone like Bam got snubbed out of something, like when he didn't win Most Improved Player, it was Brandon Ingram. You know, we always said, you know, use that to get better as a player. And I mean, we <laughs> use that motivation. Boy, ever. Mm-hmm. Like he he used that motivation very well because. That Celtics series, you know, he dominated. So, you know, right. and then they made it all the way to the finals, two wins away from being the Lakers. I mean, use this motivation that's given to you right now to shock the world like what you did last year, you know? Because, but- like, you look at this team and it's like, okay, you know, you would have thought they would have been a better team because of what we saw last year. And although that might not be the case, look at it this way. You get a chance to shock the world again by simply doing what you did last year. Now, I'm not going to build too much high hopes, but, you know, who says we can't repeat what we did last year? You know, obviously we got some moves to make, but why not? I'm going to use what you said about the motivation. I'm going to use Donovan Mitchell as an example, and I'm pretty sure we're all familiar with what Shaq said to him after the post-game interview. Mm-hmm. He was he was essentially saying, oh, yeah, you're my favorite player, but I don't think you have what it takes to be successful. And Donovan Mitchell didn't have any grudge. He was just like, all right, I've been told that my whole life, you know, nothing new. And he used that as motivation, and now look at him. He's playing for the top team in the league. So, I mean, he's been playing for them, but that, look at him now. Yeah. They're succeeding, so... He used that as motivation and any, how I look at it is that, how I look at it is that like, if you're being hated on, just, that just makes you feel, that just fuels you to make them want to like, not like you even more basically just to like prove them wrong. So that I use hate as motivation. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's not a type of player that really needs the motivation because he always carries that chip on his shoulder, but bam. Bam seems to be that kind of player that needs sometimes that little extra motivation to go off. 
it it happened multiple times already. We know we know about the whole Team USA and Miles Plumley thing. He he got snubbed. He got cut from Team USA. He came back and became an All Star that year. The same we just uh, Joel, you just talked about it. Uh, Brandon Ingram, most improved player, he won it. What happened? He he was the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals. Bam Adebayo. So this is just I another re- another reason for Bam to to be great again, to just be great. And I, I also I, I, I love it for Bam. I also hope that somebody in that coaching staff on the team is telling Bam specifically that like if Nikola Vucevic got in, like he should absolutely have have gone in because Bam could average twenty four and eleven easily. Like if Bam wasn't as passive as he is, he could have those numbers and you know kind of force the all star draw. So that's that's something that you know is kind of on Bam a little bit. I mean, he's been playing great this season. Like I'm not saying that you know he's you know he's not good or anything. Like Bam is a fantastic player, but. I mean, we all know that Bam could do more on the court and have those eye-popping numbers that kind of makes it hard to deny, especially because the Heat are so close in in that uh, playoff race. So I kind of hope that somebody is telling him, like, hey, look at what happens when you're really passive. You know, you're not going to get the accolades that you want. Like, you got to be aggressive and take over and, you know, be that guy in the NBA that, you know, everybody has to acknowledge as an all-star or an all-NBA or all-defense or whatever um, because he can absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So then moving forward, you know, aside from the snubs and everything, you know, we still got a long season ahead of us. So with that being said, moving forward, um, what's because now we're coming back home. Who are we playing against next? The Raptors? Toronto. Yeah, the Raptors. So what's our prediction for that game? I say Jimmy's getting another triple-double. Just throwing it out there because, you know, he's fully capable. He did it three times in a row. So mm-hmm. um, I have no other, like, predictions for, like, the scores or anything. But I'm going to be optimistic and say that he come out with their fourth win in a row. But anything's possible. I mean, I'd, ho- I'd love to get another one at home. You know, be great for us. Add to our record, add to our home record. But um, as for other players, I don't really have any other predictions, so I'll let whoever wants to answer that next. We we need to be first. We need to see who's going to be available for us because we don't know Tyler's situation yet. He's questionable. Uh, he's he's going to be questionable, but you know you know how the Heat do. Sometimes questionable means definitely out, and he might be out. Who knows? Because we don't know. We it happened with Justice. He started off as questionable last season. And then look look at him. He just came back playing for the Grizzlies two games ago. It was a year and a half layoff. Um, Myers Leonard, he started off just day-to-day, questionable, da-da-da, season-ending surgery. Right. So I I don't think it's to that point with Tyler, but maybe there's something they're not telling us. Um, Then you got to look at the other guards. I know Bradley's not coming back yet. Goron, I don't know his status. It'd be awesome to have him back because this team needs him. And... So I just took the injury report for Toronto, and Kyle Lowry and Jalen Harris are out. Well, Jalen Harris is day to day, but Kyle Lowry is just out. I sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I just thought yeah, I'd have no to problem. say that because you were talking about that earlier. So, uh, my big prediction for this game at the end of the day is Bam's going to shut down Siakam from that hot hot streak that he's been having. Uh, Bam always produces well on defense against Siakam, and it's not going to stop now. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors have been playing well as of late. Um, they just beat the 70... Oh, so they played the, the Sixers twice. So they beat the 76ers the first time, and then they lost by seven today. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's one of those games I think could go either way. I don't necessarily have a prediction. I do think that Jimmy is probably going to play well, especially after last night's game. Um. But if I had to, like, if I had to put money, I'd probably say a Raptors win. But you know, I think it's easily a game that he could get. Right. I think another big factor in this is if Duncan Robinson can build off what he did last night, and that's that. That we've seen that that's an elite weapon that the Heat could have if he's going. So if they can do, if he can do that, I think that he easily win this game. But. We can't really depend on a role player to go to keep this going, right? They definitely do need Duncan back, though. Like producing, like if he, if he, if Duncan is a Duncan of old, then that changes everything because he's, you know, one of the best shooters in the NBA. But if he kind of goes back to you know breaking everything and then not guarding anybody, then that makes it obviously a lot harder. But hopefully, he has his rhythm back. Yeah, if he can build off of that, just that fourth quarter where I think he put up thirteen points just in that quarter. If he can build off that, he'll be fine. Yeah. All right. And then moving forward, um, so that being said, do we? How long do we guys? How do you guys see this winning streak lasting? Because part of me feels like we can maybe get a win streak streak going all the way until All Star break. And I know, um, Brian, you had something you mentioned before we started the pod. Um, so I know if you want to bring that up, go ahead. But how long do you guys see the streak lasting for? Wait, what did I say? Oh, you said about how the Heat should probably maybe lose their upcoming games or whatever before All-Star break to push Miami to make a trade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying, I think it'd be better. Like, I think it'd be better for them to go into this break like losing games because I think that if they so they have the Raptors and the Jazz up next right if they beat an Eastern Conference team an East Conference rival and you know the team with the best record in the NBA the front office isn't changing a damn thing like we can just throw out Lonzo or Oladipo or Collins or Levine whoever we want that front office is not touching this at all they're like because you know it's the motto you don't mess with winning right and if they feel like they've stumbled onto some, some a formula that works then I don't see any big changes upcoming. Um, but obviously you still it, – it's 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 tough because you still want the wins because you want them to be in that, you know, that playoff race. But I think they're going to be in that regardless just because the East is so bad and it's going to go down to the wire anyway, plus the play-in tournament. Um, but as far as the winning streak goes, I think that even if they win tomorrow, it probably ends Friday at Utah. I was just gonna bring that point up. I was, I didn't want to like go before you or after you were like interrupted you, but yeah, I was just looking at their game schedule and then I saw the Jazz was up on a Friday and I was like, ooh. But then again, we beat the Lakers. No one expected that, so who knows? Maybe we can come out with a win against Utah. And then I'm hoping for the next two games against the Hawks. Personally, I'm going to the one on the 28th, so you know I'm gonna see John Collins, Trey Young, all them. So, but Those yeah. Are- to be fair about that, 
Lakers alone, we also all have to keep in mind that they didn't have Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. And but Anthony then again, Davis. we lost to a Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, no, I, Bev, so. Absolutely. I'm just saying that, like, you know, the Lakers just lost to the Wizards as well. So. That was so sad. I was watching that game. They lost in overtime, too. I was like, bro. I mean, that, if I mean, LeBron didn't miss that free throw, they would have won. But, I mean, of course. <laughs> people don't understand that Anthony Davis is, like, I don't know if people forgot that Anthony Davis is pretty damn good. And Dennis Schroeder was in the running to be sixth man of the year. Like, you know, these are good guys that they're missing. So I know that we lost to the Clippers, but they shouldn't have lost that game. They shouldn't have lost to the Warriors either. Duh. You know, with the with the Lakers, I think that's flip where they that's another game that they should have won. They just and they actually did. Yeah. So Utah, I think, is different because they're as far as I know, they're healthy, and it, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch on that for a second about the Lakers. Yeah, they're missing players like that. I don't feel bad for them. Nobody felt bad for us in the finals. I hope I hope they feel like crap because every time nobody wants to acknowledge that we didn't have any we didn't have our two best or two of the three best players on the team. So I'm not going to acknowledge they didn't have Anthony Davis. And we still took it you as guys far suck. as we did. We won. So yeah, and oh it's, my, it's not did, that deep. Yeah, <laughs> did, but did y'all see the headlines? No, I, I'm, I'm just being, I'm just being Tim Petty. No, you're literally just like, no, that's you stop. Go home, like, jeez, man. That, no, that <laughs> no that, sympathy, Joe. That's what got me. That headline, that headline where it said the Heat beat the depleted Lakers. God, like, I, I didn't see the Lakers the win the championship seasons. against the depleted Heat. I, I think. Am I a bad fan for thinking that they would have won anyway? The Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah, yeah, I think that they're just. I mean, better we all expected yet. it, but then again, we have to be optimistic. Be like, I, oh yeah, my they're prediction win this is one. that they win in seven. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like the Heat were also an, a wide ass open Danny Green three three from losing in five, which is also if like we would have yeah. had a healthy team, then we would have taken it to a game seven, I believe. Maybe, maybe I still just trust like LeBron and Anthony Davis in a game seven over anybody else not named like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one game where Danny Green was just missing all his threes, that was a huge part as to why we were able to take it into I mean, game six. But we, we can't also underestimate how good Goron was in the playoffs. and we he were was. Missing no, no, entire, we're missing that for an entire series and how good Bam was in the Eastern Conference Finals. And never so, forget like, what Jimmy did for us, that 40-point triple-double. You know he's the third player in NBA history to ever do that, besides LeBron and someone else. And also, like, just one more thing about Goran. I mean, that NBA playoffs we saw him take part in last season, I mean, that basically established the fact that he was going to have his jersey number retired. Like, if you ever felt like that was something worth debating about, just watch the way how he played in the playoffs last year and that should shut you up. Like, it's no debate at this point. What he did in the playoffs and then coming back still not recovered, still not fully recovered from that injury, like, that no, like that no debate tells you that he's going to have this number retired. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, the Heat were obviously, I mean, they were in the finals, so nobody can deny that they were really, really good. I'm just saying that, you know, I would typically bet on LeBron and AD even if the Heat were healthy. Oh, yeah. But it would have been competitive. Yeah, I think I think definitely at, at the very least, Game 6 would have been way closer than it was with yeah. a healthy Goron because we were playing with Goron on one foot. 
Mm-hmm. And speaking of Goron, I wanted to touch on that real quick. I, I, I'm going to say it again because I think he fans really, really, really under underestimate how much we're missing him right now because of what he just contributes, especially when you know that little gap in the first quarter where Jimmy comes out of the game and all of a sudden the other team goes on a 7-0 run. It, ha- it seems to happen a lot. And that's usually when Goron steps in and does what he does to keep the team afloat. And we haven't had that. And consistently in the first quarter, we've been seeing that Jimmy comes out of the game, other team goes on a run. We would have 100% won the Warriors game if Drogish was playing, I personally believe. Same thing with the Clippers. I feel like we, would have, we wouldn't have lost as bad as we did. Right. Goron, Goron patches up our offensive issues for the short term. Obviously, I use the word patches up because he doesn't fix it because it's deeper than that uh, about the offensive struggles. He, but he definitely at least can keep a good flow going. And that's what we were missing in the road trip. And, you know, moving forward, one thing I want to bring up is, like, I just hope we have, um, I just hope we could just have Goran just stay on the bench and not, you know, put him in a position where we're basically running him to the point where he just turns to dust, you know? Yeah. That was what we saw, and that's what led to him getting this injury in the first place. So with that being said, like, you know, none, he's great, but obviously we don't have intentions of keeping him for the whole season with all these rumors coming out. So on so high, so high, please God, so high. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if we're, my hope is that we then go out and trade him for Oladipo because if you're going to have anyone at the one, that's not none. I mean, why not Oladipo? Unless you're going to go out and get another good option for a point guard. I mean, do you guys think of anyone that could take the point guard point guard spot point guard spot if we were to trade none? Uh, I want to say, listen, I said last year we should have sold high on none and they didn't. Because Spo likes none, just for the record. like You can tell when Spo talks about him, he's a non-believer. I think that they see Nunn playing well, and they're going to be like, oh, well, Nunn is back, so why trade him? Because he's a really good starting point guard. Like, I, I don't have any hope. I mean, I have hope. I don't have any belief that they're going to move him. But if it's not Vic, I would really love Lonzo Ball, man. Like, I want to watch Lonzo Ball throw lobs to Bam and Precious. He's shooting really well from three. He's six six, and he's a really good defender. Like, he fits into their switching scheme so well. I just, I just think he's a really good fit for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the two names I would probably go with: uh, Victor Oladipo, Lonzo Ball. I don't see anybody else. Obviously, uh, a player we were really into last year was uh, Drew Holiday, who would have been awesome, but things happened. So, but yeah, those two names, and I really can't think of any other name at that spot, at that little point guard spot, or just guard spot overall. But those, those should be the two main targets for the Heat if they're looking to move none. Right. Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty sure Heat Nation all had their eye on Oladipo in the first place, like when we were all discussing trade proposals. So to add him to the mix, I feel like would be a good benefit to our team. And also Lonzo Ball, like Brian said, he shoots good from three. He could be throwing passes to none or Precious, etc. So I feel like, honestly, I'm neutral when it comes to like 
players coming onto this team because at least someone who's going to benefit our team offensively and defensively and help just contribute to our team overall, I think is a good pick for our team. But so that's just my opinion on it. But I know you guys probably think differently. I just want to make a trade that gets Kelly Olenek the hell off this team. Dude, his contract expires this season anyway. He needs to get the hell out, man. I, I can't I, I can't take another half season of this because dude, dude he's a waste of seven feet that literally he missed like two layups he's lucky one of them was a goaltending okay he's I'm just saying that right now. I'm sorry like he's just a, yeah you're right no Not I, just I that, heard he's just incoherent that's just that oh wait Rich Rich just hit me up asking if we're still on yeah he DM me too actually well that's his fault not ours so. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. If he's gonna watch this, he's gonna be like, "Yo, who is this girl?" But yeah, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk is definitely—it's so weird because, like, in theory, right? He's a perfect player next to Bam, like a big that can touch the floor. You know, he—he he had some passing chops before he thought he was Larry Bird, and now he just jacks up shots whenever he touches the ball. Um, he comes from Boston and thinks he's Larry Bird and does not act. See, but he's Canadian. Like he should, he's, he's a nice. He should be a nice guy. He should be like willing to move the ball and you know play team defense and do all the really you know good little things because he's just a great guy like that. But no, yeah, we you can send him back to Canada. Canada. We should. It'd be better for everybody. He could be a star in his own country. Put up twenty points a game. Do whatever. I don't care. But that I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know what's wrong with Kelly. He's, Man, uh, the worst part about Kelly is that he just manages to trick half of our fan base into thinking he's good again because of a little spurt he puts up in one game and then the he's next one good five game games. He's awful. Like, dude is just off. He's an awful basketball player with an awful basketball IQ. Very uncoordinated. Uh, there was this, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this meme about when Stephen A. Smith was ripping ripping uh, Kwame Brown, oh let's say he's, yeah. he's uncoordinated. That I, all of that applies to Kelly Olynyk because he's, <laughs> he's just bad. If you look at the video and look at what Stephen A. Smith said, that describes Kelly Olynyk to a T. No, absolutely. Like it, 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 it boggles my mind how Kelly Olynyk. Some games he'll, he'll actually be the Larry Bird that he thinks he is. He'll put up like. You'll put up like seven threes and make five of them, you know, fading away with a hand in his face, like whatever, or from like 40 feet out, you know, he's, he's looking nice. And then the next five games, he's trash. So it's like, how, how do you do that? How are you that wildly inconsistent where either, you know, you're the best player on the court, you can't miss, or you're just absolute garbage. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. The worst part about it, he's actually a momentum killer for the team. Every time you see the team getting something going, the ball goes to Kelly's hands and he turns the ball over or he misses a moving three-point shot. It's, it's weird how he plays. And I think it was funny because Spo is the smartest man alive. There was one play yesterday where as soon as Jimmy gave the ball to Kelly, Spo called a timeout. That was awesome. I know that was, know that was a coincidence, but it was awesome. <laughs> Kelly, if you're listening to this, by the way, I don't feel that way about you. If you hop on the pod, that is, you know, if if you come on the pod, we can talk about how much of a goat you are, you know. 
been a Kelly Olenek oh. fan since day one. So hop on the pod whenever Maybe you get Maybe extend experience. your contract in under three years. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I got to stop you right there. Kelly's never I was just be, kidding. I was just kidding. Kelly's never going to be good as the GOAT Myers Leonard. Myers, what's up? Uh, no, what are you talking about? Gabe Vincent, bro. Chris Silva, too? Oh, my God. Come on. No one compares. No one compares. No, but really, seriously, Kelly just been bad. Another player on the Heat that's been really bad, and I appreciate him because of what he did last year in the playoffs, but Iguodala has been awful. Like, on offense, dude has been awful. We rely on him mainly for defense. That's what I, I see him when when Jimmy or Bam are on the court and I see he's playing point guard, bringing the ball up the floor. God, Lee. Like, last night he wasn't doing too bad, though. His defense doesn't... He plays really good. Defense. He plays good defense, but I don't think that good defense justifies for how bad of an offensive player he's been this year. We can count on him to shoot the occasional three every now and then, but Spo mainly puts out puts him out there for defense. I think so. But he's been bad. It, it, he's just I, I don't see anybody changing my mind. At this point, I think it's just his age. He's older than LeBron. He's getting up there. Not how old is he? Like thirty-six or thirty-seven? Thirty-seven, something like that. Yeah. Whichever one, yeah. He, he looks like an older version of LeBron, too, which is funny. I find that funny. But to me, like, nobody can change my mind. Dude has been absolutely awful this year. And I, I, I'm i ready to send him in a package for a bigger star. I'm ready to package Kelly and Iggy, get those two headaches out of my way, I and, get, Iggy's and get Victor Oladipo in here. He's kind of getting up there in age. I mean, I'm talking about just for this season. Uh, Anything after that? We need to package Chris Silva. I'm sorry, he's he he doesn't do good just sitting on the bench. Chris Silva they're, isn't worth minutes. Yeah, they're not gonna. There's nothing to trade him for. They'll probably just wave him. Just let I, him go. I would imagine he's he's the type of player that you wave just to sign somebody like Boogie. Yeah, exactly. I know, but like, what do you like? What do you mean wave? Silva? I mean cut him. Oh. Like just release him from the team because. He was he was a nice little feel good story last year. We saw like the little His stuff grandma. they did for him. He, yeah, he it was awesome. It was a nice little feel good. He played really well uh, in spurts. About he was a rebound magnet at some point. He played decent defense, but it was it was just that. It was just a a moment and it's gone. And I'm just ready to get to finally use that roster spot instead of him just sitting there. I have so. a question of what we're gonna do with UD. He's going to turn to dust on the bench if he sits there any longer in my You sign him to a 15-year extension if he wants it. Yeah. <laughs> nobody touches Nobody touches the captain. Nobody touches him. Who do you think is going to be the captain after he goes? Dragish? Jimmy Robert? Butler. Butler? I mean, Dragish has been there long. I think, like, the second longest, I mean, if I'm not mistaken. Goran, Goran already was a captain. I think he's still a captain. I'm not... They really haven't really touched on who's captain like they did in the 20, 2017 era when it was – I remember when they put it straight out there. It was like James Johnson, Goran Dragic, and oh. somebody else. I thought it was Haslam already, no? It, yeah, it was Haslam, James Johnson, and Goran Dragic. They had three captains. Uh, James Johnson, man. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I hated that era, man. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. I, I remember how people say, oh, I miss this team, and it's Josh Richardson, uh, Justice Winslow, uh, JJ, Dion Waiters, and I'm like, bro, this team gives me nightmares. I don't. This team can go to hell. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm no, sick of that team. I don't know how people look at that team with, like, I don't know what the word is, with uh, just look Reverence. at that team. 
yeah, like, oh, I missed this team. This team was scrappy. They were, we, we also sucked. Yeah, no, they were, they were bad. They were, they were not good. So <laughs> They were a team that got saved by an overperformance in the second half of the season. You really did, and that prevented them from selling high on anybody. And then they gave everybody money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they should have sold high on the guys that they had. Just like they should have sold high on uh, Derrick Jones Jr. And they should have sold high on none right now. Yeah, they should. They should sell. They should have sold high on them last year. They should sell high on them right now, but they won't. That's just not what they do usually. They have a second opportunity to do it. So if they pass up on it this time, yeah, he's never getting moved. They he yeah. have this. They have this like thing about not cashing in when they find this talent. They just seem to want to keep it. It happened with Tyler Johnson. It happened with all these other guys that we find. And we just want to keep them and sign them to longer deals that, that hinder our cap space. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, with that being said, is there anything else you guys feel like we should hit on, or do you think we're set for today's episode? I got nothing else to add. I don't know about Brian and Clutch. Yeah, I'm good. I don't have anything to add. All right. So with that being said, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you guys next time with the brand new episode. Thank you for listening to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode.